You're listening to Fearless Talk, episode number 12, in the second episode to our Fearless Mama series. In this episode, we'll hear from Hannah Cusack Cowart, Define Nurturing, and how in every season of life, God's always inviting us to be nurturers. She unpacks the true art of humility and the art of showing up and how every single season faithfully serving will always bring and produce fruit. Stay tuned. You're going to love this episode. (laughs) Okay, everyone. I'm so excited because today we have the incredible honor of sitting under the voice of, uh, in my opinion the most inspirational woman in the world. She has fully, (laughs) she is a huge, huge, huge weapon in my life. And she's really formed me to be who I am. She's had a voice in Esther's life. And she's just one of those secret agents for Jesus. She's behind the scenes of, I feel like everyone just like powerful and everyone's like, how do you do what you do? And they're like, Hannah Cowart. So, (laughs) so Hannah, we're so excited to have you on this. Hannah's also um, a board member of Fearless Co. She's a huge voice into all that we do. And so, um, anyway, we're so excited to have you. Before we start, Hannah, I want you to share just a tiny bit about you, where you live, uh, where you're from, some of your things that you've been a part of that you just um, are super proud of, and uh, all that good stuff. Ah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Love being with you today, and just so value Fearless Co. and all that UEB are laboring to do, and, and all the girls that are working alongside of you have dearly loved Esther and and yourself for so many years. And so any opportunity to encourage even the one, you know, that's always my focus is the one that God would send that I get to encourage today. And so, yeah, I'm Hannah. I um, live in Colorado. I'm originally from Texas. So, you know how Texans are. It'll always be home. (laughs) And um, although Colorado is a wonderful place to live and I actually married um, a native to Colorado. So they're very proud of that because they're few and far between these days. Um, True. But yeah, they are. So I moved uh, to Colorado just uh, to work with Messenger International, John and Lisa Bevere's ministry. So I worked with them for nine years, loved that. Um, you know, Lisa had a profound uh, role in, in my life in, in bringing about different gifts that the Lord had placed on my life. And then um, once I married David, his parents have been lead pastors at a church here in Colorado for over 30 years. Um, the same church, which is remarkable. So now I get to be a part of that work um, alongside David and and his parents and leading a great team here. And really my heart beats for people coming into real community with one another, really feeling like they're seen. And I feel like that is uh, such a vital part of why God places value on the local church. And so that is what I do day in and day out. So good. And you're a recent mom. Yes. I recently had um, our first little baby girl, Clara Courage, and she was born in July. And so that has been an adventure. um, And I just am loving it so much. That's amazing. That's amazing. Okay. Well, Okay, well, the the main focus of today's episode that I wanted to really um, glean from Hannah with was the season before motherhood. I wanted to hear about um, basically how 
the season before you obviously got married, the season before you obviously had Clara, the season, just all the things before. I think everyone, that's the thing that is a common denominator under Hannah's voice is anyone that's around her, she's looking to say, how can I love you? How can I serve you? How can I? Um, and so a little backdrop, I moved to Colorado 13 days after I graduated college. I did freshly turn 21. And within like two hours of living in Colorado, Hannah was like, we're going to go to a hockey game and I'm going to love you the rest of your life. Sign here. And so, <laughs> and so Hannah was very, very much um, like she carries such a motherly anointing. And I said this before we started recording how she is the perfect balance of tenderness, but um almost like aggression feels extreme, but just intentionality. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> she's an eight on the Enneagram, everyone, which if you, uh, you know, it's a powerhouse, same as my husband, they say what you need to hear, even though you don't want to say it, hear it. And so talk yeah. to me a little bit, Hannah, talk to me about the seasons before motherhood and how you nurtured those and what it looked like for you. Absolutely. You know what I love about relationship with God is our life is never on hold. And even when we're longing for, there's a longing in our heart for something, he is looking for us to activate that in, in the most unique ways now, in whatever season we're in, where we're not waiting till we think we're in the season where all of that's going to come together. But he's doing that even now. And so what I mean by that is um, I can remember being a young girl, being 12 years old and people would say, you know what, Hannah, you were born 30. And part of that was because I always was looking for who I could nurture, who, who needed that um, encouragement, who needed that mothering. And that was just something that was innately inside of me. I'm the third of six children. And so I'm right there, smack dab, dab in the middle. And, you know, sometimes I was, it was like, I, I got to be that bridge and I also got to be a, a big part of raising my younger siblings. And I have an incredible mom, but you know, early on she instilled in us three older girls um, the how much she was gonna need us as we were growing up in 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 raising our younger siblings. And so, um, you know, my my sister Juliana is six years younger than me. Now we're we're basically peers. It's beautiful how being adults will do that. But when she was yeah. young, I was raising her. You know, I was teaching her how yeah. to uh, clean the kitchen. I was um, um, her her mother in law, who is Lisa, will uh, laugh because we'll talk about when I would discipline Julie when I would like <laughs> <laughs> when she was a little girl, and I would have that role in her life. And so with all of my three younger siblings, really playing a role in in helping to raise them is part of what I think also gave me this mindset of whether I ever had children of my own I really viewed the children of the world as my own and and I truly yes. did that so I had opportunity you know to care for a lot of children whether that was just through um, family members or um, being able to do different nanny jobs during the summer or honestly, even, I mean, my friends would laugh at me. We'd be in Target and, and, you know, strangers, siblings, little kids are fighting and I'm like correcting them and coaching them and helping <laughs> like, guide them and who knows where their mother is, you know? And so it really has just been that feeling of, I don't, I'm not going to just wait for, when I'm a mother myself, I'm going to look for opportunity to pour into the lives of 
um, the, the, the young kids in kids' church or um, the, the children of my, my friends or my siblings. Yes. And that's something I talk about when I talk about the value of that single season is your, one of your greatest commodities is time and being able to lavish that time on those people, those families who have young children. And so yes. that's something I was able to do big time with my sister, um, who also lives in Colorado. When she, she was a young mom, she had young children, and I was just able to be there and be a part of their life. And that was a yeah. blessing in my life because they had said, yes. you know what, you can be here, you have dinner with us, you hang out, you're never intruding. And so I, I was able to just do life with them. I was able to like help bathe the children and get them down all that whole nighttime routine that can be taxing. Yes. You know? And, yes. Um, and so it just, it is, it's something you always look for that opportunity. If that's stirring inside of you, you are called to be um, a nurturer right now, whether yeah. or not you're a yeah. mom and you're going to nurture children, but you're also going to nurture um, your friendship, your relationships, you're yes. going to have opportunity even. Um, what I love is when God's empowering us and equipping us and making us those who nurture, he gives us those spectacular opportunities I have found even to nurture relationships like with our parents, you yes. know, which is one of the, the, the most beautiful things is when you feel God using you to bless your parents' life in a way that maybe you never expected out of a place of nurture. And so that's what I would say about a season wow. where you're not a mom yet, but you're don't wait on that. You don't have to have birthed your own natural children to be in a role in that role uh, as a nurturer. Yeah. And yeah. the more that you do that, the more that you look for those people that um, that just need that encouragement the way that a mom will. And that's something that yeah. you know every every time you know new interns came. Um, and exactly. that's how we, we got to know one another was they were in a foreign environment and they needed to know that God had brought them there specifically. And yeah. they needed to know that there was protection, that there was, um, just a listening ear or even for things like, do you need money? You know, like, yes, do you yes. Need the practical things. Do you need a ride? to and from the yes. airport. That's one of the things I love that you say that you love to take people to the airport. For some reason, that's a very vulnerable time um, yeah. in people's lives. And totally. I loved taking people or picking them up from the airport because I got to just yeah. pray over them for whatever they were yes. going into or coming back from. And so yes. lo love looking for opportunities like that. Mm, that's so good. That's so good. Um, that's something that I've noticed since I've stepped into motherhood, how I, um, I was very much that same way. I, I relate to that very much where I just love to be able to spend time with my friends, uh, kids, like, and now as a mother, I'm realizing when people love my kids genuinely, not because, mm -hmm. um, you know, they're directed directly tied to me, but when they love and learn about my kids, like when they're like, Birdie does this when she gets frustrated or Birdie likes this type of candy or Asa, you know, when I found it is such an access to my heart and builds such a deeper relationship and trust for that friendship. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, and it's, it's interesting because the people that I didn't expect to love my kids the way that they're being loved are not the people that I expected, if that makes sense. There's been this... Mm -hmm it's like this rooting of these new people cut like this wave of new people coming on our alive. And I'm like, listen, if you love my children that way, then I'm going to be loyal to you. Like it's this new, 
um, like confidence as a mother. And you're right that like the taxing thing of bedtime and, and even me as a mother learning how to like, be like, I, sometimes I'm thinking, oh, they're not going to do it right. And the Lord's like, but they're going to do it. So just invite them into this, you know? And so something I want to ask you is, um, you know, like you said, like you, you, I love your heart and your mission for the local church. And, you know, there's that practical part of just sometimes not wanting to go to things. So not wanting to go to your friend's house and help with, uh, you know, the kids, not wanting to bathe them, not wanting to, to pick them up from school, not wanting to go to church, not wanting to take notes, not wanting to, you know, there's such a, this, uh, like battle comes in our hearts of like, but I just don't want to, I'd rather watch Netflix or I'd rather do something else. Can you speak into that a little bit about how you just continue to show up and how you just continue to like make room for the priority? Well, and you just said it, um, recently the Lord has been really speaking to me on that phrase, the, the value of showing up. And part of that is faith is, is saying it's just this little, uh, minute, detail of God, I'm going to have faith that what, what I'm going to be willing to show up for is going to be a value to my life. And, and we won't Uh know that until we actually do the act of showing up. And and he's even been saying just going and being a part of something and, and your presence there is going to help build that momentum of the move of God that he wants to bring about. And it's something, you know, that's what I love about the gospel. That's what I love about the model that Jesus set is he didn't complicate it. And there's going to be some simple principles where we say, yes, this is going to take effort. This is going to take planning. This is going to perhaps even cost something on my part, but I'm going to be willing to show up and then trust God and have the faith that there's something there that he's not just going to have me receive, but he's going to have me contribute. So it's changing us from being a consumer into a contributor when we're willing to say there's community here. Maybe it doesn't look exactly what I would hope for it to look like, but I know that I'm a valuable part of cultivating what it's meant to look like. And so by just showing up, whether that's, um, you know, a small group setting, whether that's even just a meet up with another mom, whether um, that's been that's something that you've been asked to be a part of, that you're willing to say yes to that, and then go through the steps to remain faithful to showing up, even when it's not the most exciting thing, you know, because totally. there's also something uh, that longevity and faithfulness will afford us that nothing else really will. Where we're just saying, you know what, God, because you've placed me in this community of people, we know that that is such a longing of people's hearts. But what I find is they're wanting to just show up and everything be prepared for them and it be this exhilarating experience. And then if that's the case, I'll come back. But actually recognizing you're a part of building that and cultivating that, not only for you, but also for the other people that God's going to send to that same environment. And our heart is uh-huh. that those would be people that don't even know the Lord. They don't even know relationship with him yet. But this is what we're, we're cultivating this to invite them into this. And as that relates to motherhood, motherhood for people who are followers of Christ is not something to be despised at all. We embrace it and we embrace it also with this capability that, the, that, that no one else can offer us. So it's not something that um, we're jumping on a bandwagon that's already going, 
you know, whether it has to do with women empowerment or I find that despises motherhood more than it um, champions it. Yeah. And so the thing that God's inviting yeah. us into, I, I said to my my small group of young adult women that I lead on, on Sunday nights, I said, any time that you see something um, that's really apparent, it's usually the enemy doing something that is the counterfeit of what God is actually doing. So I feel like where we see a lot of women empowerment, personally, I don't identify with it because uh, I've always felt empowered as a woman. I don't feel like it has to be at anyone's expense. And I was raised by uh -huh. a very uh, empowered, uh, strong mother to just know I have a place. I don't have to fight for that yeah. place. So what I'm what I'm saying by this is God is doing something among his daughters in that he's empowering us to know that we are going to be fearless mothers. We're going to be uh, engaged, present mothers, but that's not going to be at the expense of not being involved in anything else. He is going to have us involved yes. in other things. And he's going to show us the way that we're able to do that in strength. And so all of those things in my mind fit together because we also need to be in the community of other women, whether they're mothers or yet or not, uh -huh. who have that same understanding, uh -huh. that have that same understanding. And we're reminding one another of those simple things like you're in the season you need to be in. You're in the community with the people you need to be. And yes. here's the different ways you need to engage with that. Um, I find the simplest things uh -huh. help to encourage us. Even the things we think we already know, we have to remind one another of. Yes. That's so good. That's so good. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I want to touch on that a little bit because I think in the, in the vein, our whole, my whole heart for this Fearless Mama series is to um, involve this the and really breach the topic of motherhood but making sure that it does people understand the definition of that doesn't mean that they technically have a baby in a crib in their home that it you know exists outside of that and so in that uh, you know you've always really carried that motherhood torch um, from like you said from a young age until now even you know um, having a baby in a crib at your home but will you talk to me about you're somebody who is so unoffended. I don't know if it's because you're an eight on the Instagram or because you um, are one of six or because you, you just know who you are and you have a confidence that can't be stripped easily, but you literally are so unoffended. And so now in the vein of motherhood and in the vein of um, really being able to pour into other people like you always have been, will you talk about kind of what's your key ingredient to living this life that you have, nurturing the generation below you, nurturing the generation above you. But even that, with that, how do you stay unoffended? Oh, well, and you get that opportunity every single day to authentically yeah. answer that question. I, th I would say to that, you allow, you allow those, those things that could offend you instead to humble you. And yeah. something I've prayed my whole life is that, God, would you allow my heart to stay soft? And I can feel, it's almost like I have this picture of what clay looks like when it starts to harden and crack. And I just ask the Lord, would you, would you allow my heart to stay soft? And I am a person that likes conflict. And what I mean by that is I feel closer to people. <laughs> when I go through conflict with them, because real relationship 
is always going to yes. have an element of healthy conflict. If you have people yes. in your life that you don't have conflict with, then you need to evaluate that because, um, but that's another topic for another day. I won't get on my, on my conflict bandwagon, but, um, <laughs> but really what that does is when, even when someone's, you're not close to them and you have an interaction that's cutting or hurtful, it can still be a valuable thing to your life because you bring that before the Lord and you allow him to expose any truth in that where you can say, God, was there some truth in this, something that I need to evaluate and apply to my life? And, and something that would, that I'll tie back to motherhood is I've had, I've had mothers all throughout my life, of course, um, my natural mother, but other women who play that mothering role. And you know what the common denominator with that being a valuable relationship was? It was my ability and my openness to receive correction from them. So we can all day, every day, act like we have relationships where um, a mother, you know, this woman, this person is a mother in my life. But where that's really going to be tested is if we're willing to receive correction from them. And I remember yes, when I was 16, yes. um, my, my youth pastor, uh, my youth pastor's wife, who I was very close to, she was the first person that I ever really started pouring my heart out to in a, in a real way, because I always thought um, growing up, well, I can, I can just carry the burdens of different things that were going on in my family. And I, can, I, I am able to just gut it out and, and get through life and carry these things for myself and for other people. And I can't, she discipled me and I came into that realization that wasn't my thing to carry, but instead uh, Jesus had already, you know, made the way for me to, to give that over to him. And so in that I started opening up to her about different things. And there came a day where she needed to correct me about something. And I remember her calling me and correcting me and, and I uh, thank the Lord, like received it. And we went on to have a conversation about that. And she said, you know, Hannah, out of all of the young girls that I've had the opportunity to disciple, this is the first time that I've had one when I had to bring correction that will readily receive it. And that blew me away because wow. she had discipled so many young women, but she said when it came right. time to bring correction, something shifted and changed in our relationship. And so I would say, mm -hmm. you know, really allowing that to be a part of being unoffendable. There's going to be those elements of humility. Humility feels like humiliation. Mm -hmm. You know, those there's a root word there. And so it, it's not an accident totally. when we feel this necessary humility in our life. It, it's going to feel... Um, it's going to feel difficult, but it's producing something so valuable. And that's going to come through that, those, those key and trusted relationships, bringing about correction. And I don't think it's just an eight thing. I don't think it's just my personality that then I feel closer totally. to people that have not only taken uh -huh. the time to correct me, but then I'm yes. also able to, in now in this season of my life, as I'm, uh, have the opportunity uh, and the honor of leading others to correct them. And it's, yes. almost, I see it so clearly that where the Lord will point something out and it's to their detriment. If I won't bring loving correction to that. And, and that's the beautiful yeah. part of mothering of nurturing of relationship. 
And you know what? Something else with that of, of the the thing that the key of humility tied to being unoffendable that I felt that's probably my biggest takeaway from actually birthing a child now, um, which it was long. It was like 20 hours and um, I oh, did gosh. it at home and I just knew like, God, I, I know that you've created me to do this. So in that though, my biggest takeaway where, where I was about to, um, I remember looking out the window and the sun's going down and I said, to myself um, and to the Holy Spirit. I really want um, to have this baby by the time the sun goes down. And I just felt his sweet voice say, you don't need to worry about that. You need to be focused on the next thing that you need to do well. And the whole process, there was such wow. a humility in it because I couldn't do it in my own strength. I felt totally. the Lord so close. But in one word, that's what I would take away. That's the word that I would say was my biggest takeaway from childbirth mm. was humility. And I think that is what keeps our hearts soft and allows us to remain in this place of, I'm not gonna be offended. I'm not gonna become a callous person. Yeah, wow, that's really, really good. Yeah, cause it would be so easy to get offended when uh, your sister calls you and says that she needs your help and you're like, but it's, uh, you know, it's time to do body pump. I'm sorry. I can't do this. Or, or it would be X, Y, Z or uh, at a church. Uh, are you serious? You want me to yeah. clean the bathrooms or X, Y, Z. Oh, and yeah. so seeing that uh, invitation of offense to be an invitation of humility will change the entire course of our life. Specifically to that, you're absolutely right. I had the thought the other day when I was doing something where I felt like this person treats me and puts me in this place like I'm just at their like at their beck and call and immediately I felt the the Lord say aren't you a servant and I I thought oh that's right I am I'm a servant leader and you know what when you have this heart to serve you're going to feel like a servant yeah and and so I think that's important <laughs> yeah. that we face off with that where it's like if my if someone needs me and certainly there's healthy boundaries um but of course when we have that opportunity to to serve people well to mother to pour ourselves out um that we 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 recognize yeah we're gonna feel like we're a servant but that's what god's called us to uh -huh. and that's actually one of the most empowering places to be and i'm telling you serving is one of my my greatest passions, the, the keys that you unlock when you just go there and you say, I'm going to pour myself out to serving. And I think, I think God's actually, we're on the brink of him giving us greater revelation of what that means and the power that's behind that. Um, because it's also been mishandled. And so anytime that happens, I think God's like, but let me actually renew for you especially if you've ever been in a role where you felt burnt out in a serving role I feel like God wants to renew what he actually means for that to be for you yeah that's really really powerful so cool okay so what I hear what I wanted to do with every episode was ask people like what is your uh, definition of a fearless mama and it's been cool because throughout this entire episode the the words are basically nurturer, humility, and servanthood. And so it's neat to hear that all of those things 
you literally exude. You're like the mandate on our life. It can't be the mandate on our life if we're not living it. And it's so amazing how you in every role of your life, whether it's actual motherhood or as a wife or as a uh, employee or whatever, you're exuding all of those things. And that's what's so cool about this fearless mama uh, kind of vision or whatever is that we get to breathe these experiences through motherhood into other experiences of our life. It's not limited to motherhood. Often it's it's learned through motherhood, but then it's breathed in other in other avenues. So, gosh, that is amazing. That's amazing. Okay, well, one of our la- my last question that I want to um, to ask you is where you're at now as a mother, um, you know, as a pastor, as a you know, fill in the blank designer, what would you have told yourself 10 or 15 years ago, just in general, it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, in the fearless mama uh, vein, but as, as a woman, what would you tell the 10 to 15 years younger version of you? Oh, absolutely. I love, I always love thinking back. I love reflecting on that. So 10 years ago, I would have been 25 and I would have told that girl that, everything that she needed she had right then she didn't she wasn't waiting on anything that that she needed to really press into the season she was in right then and um and and honestly i had a really wonderful waiting season when i was all throughout my 20s but um you know we always learn something from looking back and and that would be what I would say is that um, there's nothing lacking. And God is so good about the details of our lives. And a lot of times I think we think he isn't tuned into those things. But in fact, he cares about those details so specifically. And the word talks about how he, he, he clothes um, the flowers of the field. He cares about the birds of the air. How much more does he care about us? And I think that would be the banner and that would be the anthem that I would wave over that girl um, that was me 10 years ago. I would say, he cares about these things. You don't need to spend your days being anxious about them. And in, in you need to um, in you need to really lean into this season. You need to be a person that sets that discipline and that precedent now that you're, you're not just going to learn in hindsight. You're going to learn now the value of the season that you're in and do more of what you're already doing. Pour yourself out more in the way that you're pouring yourself out. Um, just learn, be, be a constant learner and, um, and, 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 enjoy the, and enjoy that. Yeah, be willing to be inconvenienced for the sake of serving and nurturing. Right, all of those things that he's teaching you that you feel like only apply to that next season that you're gonna be in and and, yeah. you know, lastly, I would just really with Fearless Mama, with that concept, I would challenge um, our listeners to bring that before the Lord and say, God, what does this mean specifically for me? And what does this look like specifically for my life? And where am I limiting you in, in, what you, in how you want me to embody that? That's so powerful. So powerful. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Oh, 
Hannah, I could listen to you talk all day. One thing, you guys, one time, well, not one time, Hannah is one of those people that is just intense. When you get in her presence, you're like, you just have to rise to the occasion, uh, whether that be fitness or eating right or or whatever. But I remember <laughs> one of my first times hanging out with Hannah, I brought Taco Bell into the office. And I don't know if you remember this, Hannah, but, but Hannah was like, throw that in the trash throw it in the trash and don't put that in your body and we're going to go and we're going to get and literally there was there's this component there's this well-roundedness to hannah that she there's a time and a place obviously to, to veg out but there's this thing with hannah that she the way she lives invites people to live you know to rise and so she's like i remember her saying you're good you have a desire to, to preach to the world and yet you're going to fill your body with things that will drag you down and i was like oh my gosh <laughs> and i remember she would drag my butt to body pump and i was like hannah i don't want to do this and she's like well i'm not going alone and so i think that really is kind of like a, 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 such a banner so to speak over fearless mama is that you're going to do the hard holy things and you're going to make sure that you drag people along with you because that's going to be their invitation to step into the fullness of who they are and the fullness of uh, the call on their life and so everybody in their life needs hannah's that will that will do that and that will really invite you into who you are and to make sure that you're not substituting certain areas of your life because they're convenient, like fast food, right? Like, <laughs> oh man, I remember you were, that was just such a fun season, you guys. This woman is, is radical. So Hannah, thank you for sharing your heart. You guys are gonna hear Hannah in many different uh, forms and avenues of Fearless Co. because her voice is one that, um, it has a strong, strong call and mandate to um, really be released over our generation. And so I'm, I'm so honored, Hannah, that you would share your time, your precious time into us and pour into us. And I just, I love you so much. I love you. And again, it's so my pleasure. And God has some, he's already doing incredible things in this community. And I encourage every person that's being drawn to this to press into it and to see how they can be more a part of it. And I just so appreciate and applaud um, you, Evie, and the team for for going for it and, and for just trusting God and trusting him for the next step and the next step and the next step. And he is, he is going to be found faithful in, in all things. Mm, so good. So good. All right. Well, thank you.